If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, absolutely delighted to be back with you once again. And fall has come upon us in cottage country. And now that we've moved up to this particular part of Ontario, it's an area that is renowned for fall colours. And everywhere you go, the, the the trees are orange and red and almost purple in places. And it, it just, gosh, it is so beautiful. This really embodies what I'm going to be talking about in the podcast today. because We're, we're discussing the Danish concept, concept of hygge, um, spelt H-Y-G-G-E and pronounced, you might hear it pronounced hygge or hygge. It doesn't appear to be able to be translated into a single word, but it sort of encompasses a feeling of cozy contentment and well-being. And for sure, that's what I'm feeling when I, if, I, if I'm out on a full walk and there's a, there's a feeling of crispness in the air and the colours are fabulous and you just feel this, you know that feeling? Just all is well with the world. And that is this concept of hygge. For the Danish, it's really an important part of their cultural identity and as the CEO of the Happiness Research Institute in, in Copenhagen says, it's considered a defining feature of our cultural identity and an integral part of the national DNA. And, and I guess that uh, that defines the Danish people. They, they appear they must be a happy bunch. So what's that got to do with, with our business? Well, it's, it's all to do with how we can create Huga in our properties and create this wonderful environment or ambience so that when guests walk in, they feel this immediate sense of contentment and well-being. So I've invited onto the podcast, Sarah Bradford, who is the owner of Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company in Colorado. And I first came across Sarah at a VRMA conference a couple of years ago where she was doing, she actually did two presentations and I just, I was just able to catch one of them on owner acquisition. But the previous one she'd done was on you know, creating a wow in your property. And I'm so sorry I missed that because I sat spellbound through her owner acquisition presentation. So this lady knows what she's talking about and she can certainly talk about it well. And because she can talk about this stuff really well, she's also the host of Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. And she does this along with Tim Cafferty, who's the owner of Outer Banks Blue and Sandridge Blue. And they talk about topics related to property management. And it's a great podcast. And I will put a link to it on the show notes so you can go and take a listen to that. Um, and I, I'll, I'll talk to Sarah a little bit as well in this session about uh, about the podcast, why they started it, and uh, what it's all about. But mainly, we're going to be talking about Huga and how it applies to our world of vacation rentals. So without further ado, let's move on over to my great discussion with Sarah Bradford. Well, it's an absolute delight to have with me today somebody who I have great admiration for ever, ever since I saw her presenting at the VRMA conference a couple of years ago, and I was just mesmerized by the seminar. And I hadn't actually mentioned that to you, Sarah, but uh, let, let's just welcome Sarah Bradford from um, Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company in Colorado. Hi, Heather. I'm so excited to be here and be a guest on a podcast instead of interviewing. I know. I know. You have, you and Tim Cafferty present your own podcast, which is primarily aimed at um, property managers. So I'm going to make sure I put a, a, a link to that in the show notes 
Um, but yes, I'm always a little bit on edge when I'm interviewing another podcast presenter. Oh, don't be at all. I'm so <laughs> excited to not be asking the questions. So this is fun. And I didn't know you came to my presentation. Was that back when I talked about realtors and how to get yes. realtors on your side? That one, that was a really fun audience. It was good energy in that room. It was inspirational, really was. You did another um, presentation at that particular conference and it was on um, how to wow your guests. And I missed it. And because you did that before I did, you, you did the one on um, sort of owner acquisition. And so hopefully one day you'll do that one again. <laughs> I can come yeah, and see that. One, that was really fun too. It's kind of like doing the podcast when you have to present about something, you really learn the topics so well because you have to be on your game and it helps you get better in your business. I think I'm sure you feel that way every time you interview somebody. Oh, absolutely. You do. Just, just learn so much. And from you today, we're going to talk about the Danish concept of hygge. Hygge? How do you pronounce it? That's about right. I, I screw it up a lot, but I'd say hygge. Hygge. Probably be wrong. And there's, you know, some, some Dane is listening right now, think, rolling their eyes at both of us. <laughs> well, I've been on Wikipedia and Google and, and all these, that's, you know, how, how is this pronounced? And I think one, one says hygge and another says hygge. Um, so whatever, um, that's something we're, we're going to talk about because I read your article on VRM Intel, um, about, um, with the title, let's get Huga and talking about vacation rental interior improvements. But for, before we kick off with that, Sarah, um, let's, um, can, can I just ask you about how you got into this business in the first place and, um, and what your, what your place in it is at the moment? Sure. Um, I got into this industry by accident, as I think probably 75% of us have. I was doing something completely different in online education, a dot-com in Denver. And my husband and I bought a second home just so we could not deal with the traffic from Denver to Winter Park Ski Resort. And we needed to pay for it. So we had to rent it. And that was back in 2003 or 2004. <laughs> long time ago. And I quickly found I was in the, you know, the technology industry. So I was very sensitive to that the web was the latest, you know, going to be the next best thing, which it is. And other people weren't quite on that bus yet. And so we used another company that's no longer in business to manage our home. And the famous line that I think jolted me into this industry it was her fault, the lady that owned this business. She said, I called her one day and said, you know, the internet, uh, you know, that's where everybody's going to find properties these days. And your website's always down. I always try to find my property and it, it's down. Remember the days of when the internet, like the <laughs> web pages were down and I could never get it to load. And she said, oh, Sarah, people are never going to find, that's not how they book. They don't go on the World Wide Web. That's not, doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. It's not a thing. <laughs> I've just uh, I just interviewed um, Ian Ackland of Booking dot com, and we were discussing, in fact, things we wish we'd never said. Because <laughs> 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 because mine was in a, in an earlier podcast interview when I talked we were talking about Airbnb way way back, and I'd said it's a fad. <laughs> yes, it'll crazy. it'll never take off. And he, he said his was, again, way back when packaged holidays were, were you know, you, you put everything together and you got it as a package. And, and somebody was talking about, you know, the option of being able to buy your accommodation separately. And he said, that will never take off. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's actually what made us so successful is I didn't know about package accommodations or tour operators or the way that everybody did it in the ski industry. I had no idea what we were doing. And we built this company and we didn't even know we were going to. We kind of did it on the side. And then all of a sudden we said, oh my goodness, we have a company. I got pregnant with twins. We sold our house. We moved all in one year. And it was a wild 2007, but we decided to do this. And I think the reason we did well in Winter Park was because we didn't know what we were doing. Does that make sense? I did everything the way I thought you should do it and came up with new ideas. I barely was part of Verma at that point. And then when I finally found out how everybody did it, I thought, 
oh, well, I don't like that way. I like my way. And, you know, it's worked out. So we grew Winter Park to be about 160 luxury homes. That's the other good thing we did was we focused on um, the nice properties that make money. And we don't have a check-in desk. That was revolutionary mm-hmm. for there. And then we moved to Steamboat four years ago to raise our twins, who are now 11. And, well, 11 this month. We just did our calendar. And in 25 days, they will be 11. You know, it's been an incredible ride. And so in Steamboat, I saw an opportunity as well. Got settled here. And just a year and a half ago, we started Steamboat Lodging Company, which is a wild thing to go back to starting all over again. And uh, we have 20 homes here in Steamboat now. It always mirrors our growth because we started in 2003 too. Of course, as we were discussing before we started recording, a very, very different types of, of properties and and types of organizing. And But yes, we had to do it in, in a different way too. And I think, you know, you, if you work outside of the envelope, that, that can just bring success in it by itself because if you, you know, you're going by your own intuition about what you think will work and not relying on others to tell you how it should be done. Yes. And I always do tell all new employees, and I think this is true when you're in a new industry, you don't understand. I tell new employees for the first few months you're here, please speak up with everything you see that seems odd that we're doing because you have fresh eyes. And after a while, you don't have fresh eyes. You can't recreate fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. So I you know, you and I had fresh eyes on this industry and said, well, why aren't we doing it this way? And a lot of our ideas worked. So that's exciting to have that. And I try to get back in the fresh eye space, but it's harder when you have been in this for a while. Yeah. How many employees do you have, Sarah? We employ all of our housekeepers, which will be shocking to you after <laughs> yeah. hearing about how you do housekeeping. So we all of, all of our employees are in-house, including hot tubs now. So we have about 43 employees. Mm-hmm. There is, uh, there is, uh, and I mentioned that you know it's not quite the way things operate here in Ontario. But there is a, uh, there is a company in our area that started started the last couple of years very much like you. Just went for the luxury market. Um, they they offer absolutely everything, and uh, and they are doing amazingly well. So, you know, we we just haven't gone into luxury. We, we've gone middle of the road all the way and it works you know so every, every it, you you uh you find what works for you but you know i i look at, at jane's cottages which is the one i'm i'm talking about and i think wow that that's a really fabulous model and that seems to be the same one as yours yeah i think what i've learned on that is that you can't be everything to everyone mm-hmm. so i don't understand how people make it from really low end to also providing luxury and we've been meeting as a team a lot about who do we want to be when we grow up and what is our focus? And if we have properties that aren't high luxury and then really high luxury, the whole approach you take to that, it's it feels disjointed when you're trying to say, okay, this person only paid 150 a night. This person paid 2,000. Mm-hmm. You can't help but you have to give more service to the person with 2,000, you know, they paid 2,000 a night. And how do you create a business model that scales to that? I think you do have to find your niche. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're exactly right. Um, and, and we do this as a company. Sometimes, you know, we get approached to t- to to take on some very high end properties, and there always is that that urge. You know, wow, you know, if it's property at ten to fifteen thousand dollars a week, are we going to take this on? And and generally, urge is there, <laughs> but but it, it, it's just probably not not in our niche. And it's a, it's a different it's a different um, demographic, um, both in terms of owners and and guests. So with with that in mind, I was I was very taken with the article that you wrote in VR Mentel about Huga and uh, tying it in to the whole um concept of vacation rental interiors and how we encourage owners to improve using this type of concept. Let us just start with what Huga, what 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 does Huga actually mean to you? Sure, and it's a great segue actually because some of you will hear about this and think, well, I can't do that because we have lower end properties. But I think you can get Huga in any type of property. It's just what level of it and how much would it cost. So what Huga is, I have to give full credit to one of our owners who decorated her home beautifully. And I'll give you the link to that home so you can see it. 
and she's an actual decorator in Texas, I believe. And I'm not at all. So just full disclosure, I say this in the article too. I have no training on decor. I just know what I like and this speaks to me. So she said, I want to name my home the Hooga House. And we said the what? Because it's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. And you think Higgy? And we joke. We call it Higgy as a joke. But she wanted to call it the Hooga House because she wanted it to, exu- uh, you know, um, she wanted it to give this feel of what that is. And definition is the Danish word is a feeling of a good atmosphere. It's a cozy, warm, special feeling or moment. So it's actually not implicitly about design at all. Does that make sense? So it's like your cottages, when you go into those, there's certain ones, I bet, Heather, that you almost want to sit down and have a cup of coffee. It's so comfy. Well, yes, Absolutely. I guess it's that wow feeling when you walk in the door and we, we encourage our owners to be playing, to, to have music playing when people walk in. So they walk in, it's warm. There's some music playing in the background. They immediately feel this feeling of contentment and, and you know, I, I chose the right place feeling. Yes. And that is really what it is. It's about decorating your home, whether it's high end or lower end in a way that the guests want to sit and just chat with their friends or family have a cup of coffee all day long. That feeling of, I feel comfortable here versus, ooh, has anyone ever cleaned this couch? Or, you know, is this, this chair is so uncomfortable, I can't sit in it for more than two minutes. So that's what it is. And I'm trying to help our owners apply that to their home. I, I love this idea because it sort of, for me, it sort of creates a package that I can help it's the wrapping, I guess. We can start talking to them about this concept and say, yeah. this is what it is. So this is why the 1980s curtains don't really fit and the shag carpet could perhaps be replaced. Yes. And that's why I love it because it doesn't feel nitpicky and it doesn't feel like I'm sending them a list of your couch is old. Your table and chairs are from 1984. You know, it's more of, hey, we're trying to explain this is what guests are looking for. This is what you would look for in a relaxing vacation home. So now how do we get your home to that place versus change out your carpet? Mm-hmm. So I, I think it works well. So, so how do you go about convincing owners of this? Yeah, that's not easy. So I'm not going to say I have the trick for that. <laughs> um, Tim and I have talked about this a lot on our podcast and um, which we'll talk about in a minute, but you know, it's really about a mindset of your company. If you're afraid to talk to your owners about upgrading and fixing up their place, you're already doomed before you start. So you have to get to a place of, we have a brand, we care about it, whether it's low, middle or high luxury, we want our homes to feel fresh, clean, new and comfortable. And once you're convinced of that, you then have to be willing to lose some owners. And that like, I know that's not even starting to talk to the owners yet, but Heather, I feel like you have to be in that place because mm-hmm. you will offend some people even when you do it right. And some people just do not want to spend a dime on their vacation rental. For us, those are not the owners we want to work with. There's plenty of owners out there right now with a good economy, and we're picking the ones that understand this attitude of this is a business. Um, this, you're running a business in your home. Do you want to maximize your revenue for the long term? And that's what it's really about. And then we approach them. I'm very convinced you should not do this through email, even though it's time intensive to call owners, it comes across a lot better on the phone than an email. You know, we think your carpet's bad. Please replace. You just get that. (laughs) Maybe you're in a bad mood. You get that as an owner and think, what? They didn't even rent my place this summer as much as I wanted them to. And now they're telling me to spend all this money. You know, you could just imagine how they receive that. So I'm a big fan of, of calling them and talking them through this concept. Um, you don't even have to say the weird hooga word. You could just explain, you know, HGTV, how that has gotten everyone in his design mindset. Um, Heather, have you seen the Stay Here show? Yes, yet? yes, probably four or five of them, I think. Okay, so I binge watched them with yeah. my kids. <laughs> and I, I, I'm now having owners watch the show. 
that show, Stay Here, will do the dirty work for you if you don't know how to talk about this because they say it bluntly. Like they said to that one lady in uh, Malibu, they're like, <laughs> well, in this bedroom, I feel like I need to work out and also, no, I feel like I'm fat and I have to go to work. Yes. There's a desk <laughs> in the room and then a, and a treadmill. So they get it across. Do, do you agree? I, I do because we see a lot of those. We, we, I will walk into, into cottages and walk into a bedroom and there's the treadmill in the corner and, and the owner's saying, well, you know, guests are going to really like this. And <laughs> so, so I love the idea of saying, go binge watch this. Uh, and yeah. particularly that one, because I, I thought that Malibu owner was, was brought around really, really well. And, and she sort of epitomized some of the, some of the um, property owners we go out and see. Know that they've they're seeing their property through a different lens, and yes. and it's our job to um, to change that perspective. Absolutely. I mean, I also think I've convinced some people on an HOA board to upgrade our lobby at one of the big um, properties in Winter Park because I also said go to hotels. Have you been to a hotel yet lately, owner? And most of them have because they have money and they're traveling for work. The hotels aren't sitting still. You know, have you looked at the lobbies of those hotels? That's what people are looking for. They are, styles are changing. It's unfortunately not okay to stay the same. And I'm not saying you're, you know, the cottages in Canada have to go with mid-century modern, but they have to adopt some modern look and feel or the, I think the place feels very dirty because it's dated. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we have some some properties that are, you know, at the way at the lower end of the of of the rate chart they perhaps because they don't have i mean your properties are in ski areas all ours are on water so we have some that perhaps have a road between the property and the water and and that does bring a rental rate down you know i probably in the same way as, as you know being at the bottom of the of a ski hill puts a rate up for you um sure. but some some of these properties are just phenomenal they they look they they might be only $850 a week but the pictures are amazing um because the owners just put that that extra bit of care and attention into it and has in their head the the feeling of what they want their guests to be feeling yes you just touched on a really important thing and then i wanted to mention about photography I am looking for guests with exactly what you just said, which is the guest mindset. They have to be excited about having guests. They have to be saying to me, Sarah, what else can we do to make guests love our place? That is like the best thing an owner can say to you versus I don't even like to think there's people staying in my bed, <laughs> right? That mindset is changes everything. So if you have owners that Say, what's the latest thing? What could I do so that I could, of course, get more rentals, but I also really want people to have a wonderful time in my home. That hospitality heart is what I look for in an mm-hmm. owner that's going to work well with me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we really are on the same wavelength here. I mean, it's, it's taken us a long time to get there because we didn't start with a, a sort of higher end um, mindset. It was, I mean, when we started, it was, we'll just take anything and everything just to get a foot in the door. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> um, and, and it, but it took quite a long time before we, we started to cull out the, you know, the, the, the bottom rankings, the ones that weren't meeting standards. And each year we've raised our standards a little bit more and dropped a few more off the bottom. And it's, it's made, it's made a, an amazing difference because the guest expectations have changed so much as well. And the other thing is that if they stay with you and they have a poor experience in a tired kind of rundown place, they think that's what you offer. And that is the brand you have. Mm -hmm. If you stay in one Hilton, that's bad. You could think all Hiltons are going down the tubes. So detrimental to your brand to do that to your own company is one way to get motivated internally But the other thing I was going to say, Heather, is there are, of course, the people that are like, I'm not into design. I could care less about that. There are definitely people out there that don't get it. They're just, they don't have an eye for that. They don't, they don't get passionate the way I do. So then I go to the money part and we have done actual experiments, financial comparisons 
of properties that are exactly the same. And I know this is harder for you in homes, mm-hmm. but we have some layouts of townhomes and condos that are exactly the same, same location, same everything with the bones of it. One decorated at Hip Fun, West Elm, you know, Pottery Barn, the cool Colorado, maybe mm-hmm. some, um, you know, sheepskin rugs, that kind of stuff. And then another owner who decorated it blah. And we have, and I put this in the article, that that other owner is making a lot more money, the one that decorated it the different way. So yes, they might have spent an extra $10,000 in the way they decorated it. I'm not saying this is cheap. But if you're going to rent your home over five years and you spent $10,000 to make $15,000 more a year, any financial person would say, I don't, who cares if you like decor or not? That's the financial model to go with. Mm-hmm. The money, of course, speaks to owners that where that's their focus. It, that, this is something we haven't done is, is, is really lay it out and say this is if you do A, B and C, this is what your rental rate will be. I mean, we do it when we, we go out and, uh, and, and do the initial inspection of a property in, in a property report. And we have many owners who we've started with to say, that, you know, this you, you've got to get rid of the shag carpet and the 80s curtains. And, but, uh, but we lay that out in a report and says we can't rent it as it is. But if, we were to, if, if it was to be rented, you could probably get this. But if you do all these things, you're going to yield this amount. And, and that really, if, for some owners, that really makes a difference. And we've been really surprised at times when they've gone very quiet for a month or two and then all of a sudden you get the email to say, all done, come see it now. Yes, uh, it's, it's surprising how many people go for this because they're proud people, uh-huh. right? They're proud of their home and you've come in and if you do it nicely, they, you know, it's, sometimes it's what the wife needs to say to the husband, but she can't. She goes, see, even they think it's outdated. Honey, we have to do this. It's the impotence they need to go and upgrade their home. But the important thing you said there, Heather, too, is that you're ready to walk away and mm-hmm. that you're not taking on a property and then saying it needs to be upgraded because that's where you we all get ourselves in trouble is you've already put it on your program and then the person says, I'm not going to upgrade it, but you already have it on your program. So like, yeah. what do you do? That's So do it ahead of time. And the other thing I say before they join is we've been talking a lot about an expectations document, which I think you would love, Heather, mm-hmm. is... We all should have a script, not like we read it out loud, but something we go through with every new owner of all of our expectations before we get started. This is how it's going to work. This is something you can do, you can't do. This is how it works on our program. And one is every year, do you understand, Mr. or Mrs. Owner, that you will have to put money into your home? And right now your place looks incredible, right? Like you said, the one that's ready to go and it's so cute now. Well, in 10 years, it's not cute anymore. Mm-hmm. You can't assume that because you put 30000 in it this year that you now have 50 years till you have to touch it again and, and get them on that mindset before they start. Yeah, um, so, so right, so right. It's, it's easy for them because the years just go by past and, and the income comes in. And then we, get the, uh, then we get the question about, oh, you know, it's been three, three years and I haven't had a rate increase. What do I need to do to do that? And that that's that's often where we will pitch in and say, well, you know, you you need you need to do to make some changes. But I like the idea of you know an expectations document that says every year you've got to do an audit, and and we do ask them to do an annual audit to look at everything, and and provide them with a checklist. I guess thinking about it, that's probably more in the safety security side. But anyway, let's get let's get back to the the. Huga, give me a list of, of updates that, that would make um, a bottom line difference in, in general terms. Yeah, and a bottom line difference I take is money yeah. and how much you can charge and how much you'll rent, your mm-hmm. occup- occupancy yeah, what, goes what, up. What's going to um, you know, boost your rental rate? Sure. Okay, I'll list five ideas that you can run with. Again, this is all about do you want to cuddle up and have some coffee with friends and talk forever? So the number one thing would be comfort. And the way I would specifically explain that is it relates to the whole home. Is it comfortable? So sleeping, I know you're not talking to someone with coffee. Well, you might be sitting on the bed, but sleeping, the mattresses, even though you don't see that in photography, 
it's so important that people get a good night's sleep or they will remember they didn't sleep. That affects their whole vacation. Mattresses have to be upgraded. People, and I, a lot of owners don't like that topic, but you got to get them upgrading. We think every five to seven years. Pillows. I cannot believe the pillows people put in properties. It's like they're worse than, you know, something you get at Walmart. I mean, it is atrocious, lumpy pillows. Get incredible pillows that maybe you said, Heather, before, maybe a soft and a hard one or a middle of the road and a softer one, whatever you want to do there, but get new, fresh, clean pillows. And then bedding. I am not a fan of thin bedspreads. If you are, cool. But I think you need something that feels fresh, clean, new bedding, not this heavy, dark, like material that you wonder, has it ever been washed? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that sort of hotel style. Yeah. Old, I mean, old hotel style. Yes. And new hotels, they're putting the duvets on there or the mm. triple sheeting. And then as it relates to living rooms, just chairs and couches and rugs and blankets that are comfortable. So not rugs that feel like maybe they were put in the home 22 years ago and, you know, you put your foot on them and it's like hard. You might also not even have a rug or chairs and couches. Think about people hanging out together. This is not just the living room where, you know, the husband reads the newspaper in the corner. This is people that want to reconnect again. They're, they're together. They want to be playing maybe a game together Think about how that feels and make sure you're creating conversation areas and ways that people can comfortably sit together. I think it's important. So that would be number one is comfort. Number two is one that a lot of people roll their eyes at me, but I'm going to say it anyway. And that is this Instagram moment. And um, actually, Stay Here, the show, brings this up every show. So I was I was redeemed by listening to the show. And I, it, I was redeemed again. I went to Chicago this past weekend with my girlfriends for a girl's trip from with my college friends. And everywhere in Chicago, there are murals that people are taking pictures in front of. And by the Cubs game, there was a mural of people playing baseball. And there was a spot for us to stand in to take a picture. On Michigan Avenue, we were drawn to this place to take a picture. In the hotel lobby, there were lit up words like something about you know, Chicago and love or something. And sure enough, we took pictures there. And yes, you could say from a business perspective, do this because then they will hashtag your hashtag, which you should have. You may get more social exposure from this. But I think the number one reason to have an Instagram moment in the home is that people take pictures, have fun with it, and remember that your home was unique. So I'm going to stop on that one just for a second. What do you you know, have you thought about this Instagram moment, Heather? I've I've used this with with people and talked to owners about Instagram moments. Yeah. Um, and and basically, you know, when when we talk to owners, it, it's simply saying, "Don't you want guests to walk in and go, oh my god, I've got to take a photograph of this?' Yeah. Before we bring our stuff in and make a mess, I want to get a photograph of it, just this perfection that it is. So and- so yes, I am I am one hundred percent with you on Instagram moments. Yeah. I mean, I did this bizarre thing in the condo that I own in in the Zephyr Mountain Lodge in Winter Park. We had a Murphy bed and it was a really boring wood. It's nice, but it's just a wood. You know how Murphy beds look on the Mm -hmm. wall. Oh, I wanted this woman that does murals or like paintings to come into my place and do this Instagram moment. And I thought she was going to do it on the entry wall. And she said, why don't we do it on the, you know, let's just put this mural on the Murphy bed. So that's a piece of art. Mm hmm on the Murphy bed and it's this blue bear. It's a long story, but it looks so cool. And everybody takes a picture by it and that creates fun. That's excellent. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think everybody should be thinking, and that does not take a lot of money. You mm-hmm. can figure out a way to create some fun Instagram, you know, and when we say Instagram, what we're saying is a place to take a picture, not, you don't have to put it on Instagram. <laughs> um, number three for me would be wall art. I have seen, homes look so different just by changing not just what's on the wall but how it's arranged so I've seen so many rooms where people put one picture in the middle of the wall and it's like blah you know and it looks empty and like your grandma's old home that wasn't comfy um depending I mean anyway but I think wall art 
arranging it all together in a more modern way or getting, you know, you can get wall art that's like a hundred bucks that's colorful and fun and fresh will change a room. What do you think about that? Once again, I'm total agreement. We, um, we renovated my own cottage that we've just sold, but a couple of years ago renovated it. It was like, I, I always said it was like walking in a, into a coffin to walk into this cottage. It was, I loved it. Wooden floors, wooden ceilings, wooden walls. And we, we completely did it over. We kept the, kept the old wood floors, but we drywalled the walls and the ceiling. And then we, I went to town on Wayfair and got some amazing art, artwork. It just, just the difference was phenomenal. We had people, we had repeat guests year after year at this place. And, and I was a bit concerned that you know, maybe they liked vacationing in a coffin. But we had just these amazing reviews from them saying, I can't believe what you did to this place. It absolutely transformed it. And they just loved the wall art. Yeah. And, you know, that just kind of an idea off of that that just reminded me of this. Whenever an owner does a full remodel, and I don't mean remodel like granite countertops and they ripped out the kitchen, but what you did, they turned the coffin into a Modern. A beach house, actually. It went, went from house. coffin to beach house. <laughs> okay, so when you go coffin to beach house, or for me, you go to boring brown to fun ski home, um, if you're doing your email marketing correctly, and you probably even have this in your system, we tell the owner, we'll pull the emails of everybody that's ever stayed in your home and do a custom email to them saying, look <laughs> at how you, the place you stayed has been redone. Side note, but a great thing to tell owners that you'll do for them marketing wise to reward them for fixing it up because then the people that stayed at your cottage before Heather, right? They're like, mm -hmm. Oh, let's go there again. I love the location, but it's not a coffin anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. And we yeah. had, and we had people come back from years previously who had just been reminded that they'd had a great time, but it hadn't really had that much of an impact on them as a property before they, they'd remembered having a great time, but now it was, oh, wow, we had such a great time, and doesn't it look great now, and now I want to come back. Yes, and that's what it's all about. Yeah. So just doing this because we're artsy-fartsy. <laughs> um, okay, so number four, I would say for Huga, back to that, for I would say game tables, games, ways to play uh, with the rest of the group. So, if you have a uh, foosball, I've mentioned before on our podcast that I have a foosball table in our little one bedroom condo we rent. It's a coffee table and then it's glass on top of the coffee table and underneath is foosball. So you, like kids can kneel and play foosball, but then you can also put your glass on it when you're not playing foosball. It's the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. And that lets just that little place have, and my kids love it. They run straight to it. It lets that little place still have a place to have a game table, ping pong, you know, any of that kind of stuff is going to be incredible. But also, if you don't have room for that or you don't want to go for it, I tell owners, have tons of games, cards. That is what people are doing in your home. And I think owners don't think of that because maybe they're not game players or they're thinking about their own home. You know, we don't play games every night. But these people are on vacation, especially I would think a beach cottage, have ways for them to play Kadima or whatever out in the water. I interviewed Tyanne Marsink um, a while back, and I don't know if you, you... Yes, I heard that one. You know, yeah, Tyanne, she, she's created these the, all these different properties with different demographics, but she said the one thing that she makes sure she has in every single property is a large table for people to... A gathering table. That so they that, could play games, hang out, look at each other. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, what's your number five? Number five would be... This is a very simple one. You're going to laugh, but you can put fresh decor pillows on couches, chairs, beds, and make everything look different. So the pillows are pretty gross. The decor pillows, you know, the throw pillows, mm -hmm. they get gross after a while when you think about how people lay on them and put their head on them and we don't change the coverings. So I encourage people to get these fresh, more modern looking decor pillows and you can make your couch especially look really good. Yeah, that, that's, that's another good one. While we were talking about pictures, I, I sort of idly 
because I can multitask. <laughs> I googled how to arrange, and it was how to arrange pictures on a wall because I just moved into my new house, and and I have been googling how to arrange pictures on a wall because I like to have a ton of pictures, not just one stuck in the middle. Actually, if you Google how to arrange, it will come up with how to arrange furniture, how to arrange throw pillows, how to arrange how to arrange linens on a bed, um, cushions on a bed. I was blown away with how many things there are that come up when you say how to arrange. You can find so much help on the internet. And you could give that to owners without having to ramble on about it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Got a a Pinterest page um, called Vacation Rental Staging. And I've just pulled out everything that I see that I think, wow, that would look good in a home. And and put this on this this page. And a lot of it is how to to create a bed to look inviting, comfortable. I want to see that. And, you know, that's kind of the last thing about Huga is the photographs and you should stage, not just have the home comfortable, but make sure you're staging it to look comfortable. So we've started to have these staging blankets that are small little blankets that we put on the bed in a way that it just doesn't look like a blah bed, but it mm-hmm. looks like one you would just want to jump on. You, no, well, not jump on, but you know, <laughs> you want to get right in there. So staging is incredibly important. I'd love to see that Pinterest page of yours. Um, well, it, it will go up as a as a link on the on the show notes, and I shall make sure you get to see that. Love those that that list of updates. Briefly, any other tips that you got for owners for them to raise the bar and and wow their guests? Because as I said, I missed that session you did on wowing your guests, and I think if you've got any tips that might have come from that session, that would be fantastic. Oh yeah, gosh, that could be a whole other podcast. But <laughs> um, one of the biggest ways to wow your guests is to listen to them. So it's not a specific thing like fresh flowers when they walk in or a gift. I mean, of course, I think we should have gifts for them, a welcome note, maybe local food, games, way to play, a oh, way to play music. It sounds like you encourage your owners to have music playing, which makes them then consider, can you play music in this mm-hmm. home? And, you know, ways for them to have fun. But the wow is really about getting to know them and uh, I just had, I, again, I was just in Chicago three days with my girlfriends and we had incredible service in Chicago. I was just so blown away by the Midwestern hospitality and two ways that I was wowed cost nothing. And that's what, um, well, we, I just, I told you earlier, we interviewed John DeJulius is coming up in our podcast. We're releasing this coming week. And he says a lot of the ways you can wow guests have nothing to do with spending money. And we're in Chicago, the makeup artist that, you know, did us up and we bought way too much makeup. His name was Kelvin. (laughs) And he, without even asking, he just said to us, where are you going next? Are you going to lunch? And we said, yeah, do you know any place? And then he told us the exact spot to go to. And it was so fun. And then the waiter at that restaurant, it was like, I don't know what, it was almost like someone was watching us and telling, hey, be really nice to those girls. Those moms need a break. So this guy was super fun. And without asking, we said we were, we said we were going to Hamilton without asking us. He said, Oh my gosh, let me tell you the place to go to after you see Hamilton. That is a wow to me because he stopped what he was doing, paid attention to us and customized an experience for us and gave us advice. And I know, I think at Verma, you're going to do a presentation on the actual experience, you know, of staying in a vacation rental and, and a different going back to the basics on that, which is important. But I do think that local scoop and giving people custom advice for them is the way you make them feel special and feeling special is how you get the wow. Do you, do you agree with that? Well, absolutely. And it's, and it's, it, as you say, it's listening to guests. I mean, what, um, just, just a little taster of what we're doing at uh, Verma this year. We're, we're, it's called doubling down on the guest experience, but we're, we're tying it into love languages, uh, oh. So I don't know if you've heard of love languages. Oh, yeah. People I'm, like- I'm kind words, so be nice to me. <laughs> Mine is words of appreciation. That That's the way people get to my heart, by using words of appreciation. Talking to Tyann, because Tyann's doing the um, session with me, her love language is gifts. So she likes the gifts. To me, if I go to a vacation rental and there's a bottle of wine, I just it just means, you know, whatever. <laughs> it means nothing to me. Yes, isn't that interesting? But having some communication from the owner who who talks to me as if I'm a I'm I'm a valued guest, that that that's gonna make me happy. 
whereas a bottle of wine wouldn't. So yes, it's about listening to, to understand that your guests are coming to you with very different ways of, of getting to their hearts, basically. That is, that's brilliant. I've never thought about the love languages in that way. So you're saying, <laughs> think about all five ways that you can touch the guest to make sure you get to one of their love languages. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I've spent a lot of time talking about that because, well, the point of it is that if, if you are kind words and tie-in is gifts and she keeps giving you gifts, you're mm-hmm. like, whatever. She doesn't know that the way you feel her appreciation is by saying nice things. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Tyann's actually going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks to talk about it. So uh, we thought this might uh, just give a, give a bit of a lift to a, a session on the good old guest experience. <laughs> We're sort of coming to the end of our time. And, you know, I, th- I think anybody listening to this is, will probably realize that we could go on for a long, long time and just chat about, um, about this whole wonderful business of, of creating experiences for guests. But we have to uh, we have to put a a close on it. And before we do, I wanted you to tell us about the podcast that you're producing with Tim and the sorts of things that because I do encourage anybody who's listening to this podcast to also go to Sarah and Tim's podcast as well because the more we can learn and the more you are listening to these things in your car or on the hiking trail or on a running track, the better you're going to be as a professional owner and manager. So let us know, Sarah, what, what's, what's your podcast all about? Oh, sure. Well, that's exactly why Tim and I started the podcast is we wanted to share knowledge just like about Huga, because it elevates our industry and helps us compete, you know, really with hotels. Um, so Tim and I, I won't go through the whole long story, but we met and we just joked about having a podcast because I was listening to a lot of podcasts and he said, oh, we should have one called Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. <laughs> and we laughed. And then he called me a couple of weeks later and said, no, I'm, I'm serious. I think we should do this. It'd be fun. And so it's been over a year and we've done 32 episodes. It is very much focused on the professional vacation rental management company, managers at those companies, owners of the companies. I'm sure that your listeners who are not running a vacation rental company who are doing it on their own, I'm sure they get a ton from it, but it is slanted that way, just FYI. So we talk about a lot of trends in the industry, news in the industry, and then we just do 30 minutes. We try to do takeaways. And um, lately we've been interviewing other vacation rental managers around the country. So that's been interesting. We've learned a lot from them. Um, But uh, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. So you can find it Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. We're making zero dinero from this activity. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I know where I, you're coming from with that. <laughs> yeah, my father keeps saying. So okay, let me understand this. So you're spending time doing a podcast. Anybody could listen, including your competitors. You're sharing all of your ideas. What? You know <laughs> they didn't do that back then. But we are having a blast doing it. And we're going to be at VRMA too. And now I'm nervous. We might be when you are. But we're the last day of the conference, I think, or the the last session, maybe on Monday. And we are going to be recording the podcast live and asking everyone at the session, they'll be bringing their key takeaway from the conference mm-hmm. and and speaking on the podcast and sharing all the key takeaways so we could have, you know, a whole big bucket of those for those that didn't make it to the conference. Oh, that's that's perfect. I love that. Well, I I don't actually think we are at the same time. I think we're we we may be just after lunch because I remember thinking the after lunch slot is not the best. You're perfect for it because you're exciting and that's going to be <laughs> a great topic. Uh, the love languages. Yeah, it it, it and it's going to be fun. So I will I will see you in Las Vegas in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Thank you, Heather, so much for having me on. This was a blast, and I hope everybody goes and does a little hugga. Oh, I hope they do. Thank you so much, Sarah. Oh, wow. I guess you got the impression I could have gone on talking to Sarah forever. Um, she, you, you can tell why she's a podcast host. She has, uh, has a great voice and a great way of getting interesting information across. And, and I'm going to be meeting up with her in, at uh, VRMA in Las Vegas, and we'll share some more ideas. We're sort of talking at, uh, at the end after we stop recording 
about a session I'm going to be doing at Amy Highnotes event in uh, New Orleans next February. And, and it's about, you know, creating your own podcast and the fact that there are very few travel, po- you know, decent travel podcasts out there that are very, you know, location based. And I definitely want to get one going here in my area. So, you know, the, the Muskoka podcast. And it's a, just a great opportunity to get your voice out there as an owner or a property manager and talk about your location, be the authority on that location and and have people start following you. I mean, I know, and I know Sarah knows, that uh, having a podcast, A, it's not difficult. It really isn't difficult to get one going. And secondly, you get known. People start to look out for your episodes as they come up. They want to listen to you and, and you become that authority on that topic. So if you are coming to New Orleans to Amy's event, then, and you're interested in, you know, putting a podcast together, I'm going to be there and I'm going to show you exactly step-by-step how you do it. So, you know, if you've got any interest in that, make sure you're there and that you come along. Okay. That was, that was such a great chat with Sarah. I loved it. So I feel all hygge now, all comfortable. And, you know, having had that sort of fireside chat with a friend, I feel great. So hope you do too after listening to it. Please go to the show notes. Everything that, uh, that we touched on will be in the show notes with the links to anything we mentioned. I'm going to put links to Sarah's uh, websites so that you can go and check them out. And of course, also to her and Tim's podcast, Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. So until next time, it's been an absolute blast being with you and I'll look forward to being with you next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.